Blog Talk Radio.
Peace to the gods. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the foundation. This is the foundation and we are high frequency. Where we understand incorrect information, incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information, incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So we're always looking to correctly apply that correct information. <laughs> I would like to welcome you. As always, all thanks, honors, praises. Due to the creator and the ancestors. But without them, we would not be here. I want to say peace as I always do to the big brother. Uncle Yusuf L. That is Yusuf L, of course, the high frequency radio network creator. The extraordinaire, he's the man. We all trying to be something like the brother, huh? If not, you janky. You mad janky, fam. Welcome to thefoundation.com. Make sure you check out the email list, Facebook page. But the email list, I think, is really important. You can find the Twitter page, Instagram page. PDF PDF section is very important. Free Learn On. You can book a consultation. You can make a donation, as well as you can check out the new section on education. All at one spot. Welcome to thefoundation.com. I want to say peace to all the listeners. So that's all the live listeners, all the live callers, all the internet listeners. As well as all the archive listeners, podcast listeners, MP3 listeners. I want to say peace to y'all. I also want to say peace to all the trustees in trustee training. All those invested in their private education as well. And peace to anyone we've done business with in the private. Anyone. In any way, shape, or form. As well as anyone has sent an email, you know, or well wishes, or current event. Definitely want to say peace to you, as, as well as anyone who's otherwise added to the foundation. You know? Definitely want to say peace to you. True indeed, true indeed. Where we gonna go? Where we going? Where we going? I'm gonna do it. All right, so I'm gonna jump into these current events, but first I want to say, you know, I was thinking, and you know, even though it is so-called Black History Month, I don't really be looking at that stuff. I don't participate in what I would consider a public controversy. But what I will do on behalf of the trust known as the Foundation, this is what I want to say. <clears throat> So any everything for the entire month of February that the foundation offers that's uh you know and includes trustee training and everything in the education section, uh passport no social part one and two trust series, uh foundation trust series part one and two cons- consultations everything for the month of February. 
if you're making your donation in precious metals, everything's going to be 50% off. Nope. Nope. Everything's 60% off. That's only, look, that's only if, you know, it's precious metals, though. So you got to email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com, and, you know, get more information. You got to get the spot to, you know, email the precious metals, too. But 55% off everything that's offered at the foundation, including trustee training, including private family foundations, including everything on the website, consultations, everything, 55% off if you make your donation at Precious Metals. And I know some people are like, hey, man, I I don't have Precious Metals. What about me? I'm going to tell you, for everyone else, if you're not going to make your donation at Precious Metals and you're not going to be able to take advantage of that 55% off, which means 45% of the donation is what what you're going to be doing. 45% of it. That's a lot. That's a lot of savings. I just, you know, I want to make this stuff accessible, but I don't want to, you know, disrespect myself or my education or my efforts or the universe or whatever. So, um, 55% off if you make your donation at Precious Metals. That's everything the foundation offers, including trustee training, private family foundations, everything in the education, passport, no social, part one and two, foundation trust series, part one and two, everything. And then for everyone else for the, for the month of uh, February, February 29th, cause it's a leap year. We're going to do that 75. You're going to get a, uh, uh, 75% will be what is required, which means it'll be 25% off. So 25% off if you're making donations in fiat and if you're doing precious metals, 55% off. So that's what's going on through the end of February. Um, it's the, the It's not reflected on the website. So if you go to the website, it's going to reflect the regular donation for these items. So you got to email us, admin at welcometothefoundation.com, within the month of February, which means you got to initiate the contract. Ain't no email and save your spot. No. You have to initiate the contract within the month of February. I'm tired of brothers and sisters trying to be slick, man, and taking kindness for a weakness because I'm now weak. Anyways, 55% off for precious metals, 25% off for fiat all through the month of February, including trustee trading, private family foundations. Let that be known. But as always, all education, except for trustee training, because I like to, you know, at least talk to people and get a feel for who you are, because, you know, this isn't a business. I don't have to do nothing. The contract doesn't say I have to do anything. I don't have to offer any type of services or educational services to anybody or anyone. doesn't matter. And a lot of people get that misconstrued. And I've had several emails where people feel the need to tell me how businesses operate. 
Don't need you to tell me how businesses operate, how businesses are supposed to operate. I went to school for business, double majored in international business and sales and marketing. I know exactly how business is supposed to operate. The foundation is not a business. Once again, the foundation is not a business. It is a trust, and it is administered as a trust. So all the all the people talking about, oh, you don't, that's not a good business. You don't run. Look, I, I don't have to. I don't have to. The foundation we reserve the right to not deal with anybody who who we don't want to, which means you can't get into contracts, which means you have no grievance. You can go mosey on over back over where you came from with that attitude or that ego or whatever you think it is. The foundation is the foundation is an unincorporated business organization administered similar to what you would colloquially known as a business. So with that being said, fifty five percent off. With precious metals, 25% off with normal fiat for the rest of the month of February. Enjoy yourself. Do your dance. I'm about to jump in these current events. I'm going to start off with this one. And then we're going to jump into the topic. This is on Reuters. Reuters.com. Despite, despite $1 trillion deficits. Trump tax cuts will still pay for themselves. This is Steve Mnuchin. U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin insisted today that President Donald Trump's tax cuts will still pay for themselves over 10 years, even as the administration forecasts near-term deficits close to $1 trillion. Mnuchin told the Senate Finance Committee that the administration was two years into that 10-year period and higher spending was the source of the deficit, not lower revenues. The Congressional Budget Office predicted in January that the U.S. deficits would average $1.3 trillion a year over the next decade or higher than envisioned in Trump's budget released on Monday. That level is viewed by some economists and policymakers as unsustainable. Our analysis has always been higher than the Congressional Budget Office. As I've said previously, we believe that the tax cuts will pay for themselves over a 10-year period of time. It's how we score them, Mnuchin said. He went on to say, quote, let me just comment that spending is increasing as well, but the trillion and a half dollars of tax cuts we have made will pay for themselves, he said. Trump's budget forecast $4.6 trillion in deficit reduction over 10 years and assumes economic growth at an annual rate of roughly 3% for years to come. That's an assumption. That's crazy. Trump officials say the figures were based on an assumption that Trump's policies will be enacted. The administration's economic forecasts are far rosier than those of the con- <laughs> Of the Congressional Budget Office. Of course they are. Many private economists and International Monetary Fund and the International Monetary Fund, which predict fading stimulus from tax cuts and constraints from an aging workforce. 
Congressional Budget Office predicts the U.S. economy will grow 2.2% in the current fiscal year ending on September 30th, with the growth rate falling to 2% in future years. He said government spending increased faster than Republicans would have liked because it included some spending the Democrats insisted on as part of the tax package, which he helped negotiate. They, man, they be blaming each other. Asked why the administration did not adjust its forecast downward due to the coronavirus that has severely slowed China's economy. Mnuchin said the impact was a one-time event that would only affect growth in 2020, along with the production halt for Boeing's aircraft. Quote, I don't expect the coronavirus will have an impact beyond this year. End quote. I hope the man's right, man. I really do. I do have some good news. The top CDC official says U.S. should prepare for coronavirus to take a foothold. Ah, oh, Steve. Steve, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, beds to defer with you. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention said today it is preparing for preparing, pardon, for the new coronavirus, which has killed at least 1,115 people and sickened more than 45,000 people worldwide. And the CDC is preparing for it to take a foothold in the U.S. Quote, at some point we are likely to see community spread in the U.S. or in other countries. This is Dr. Nancy Man, these people's last names. Masonier, director of the CDC's National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases. This will trigger a change in our response strategy. Health officials have confirmed 13 U.S. cases of the virus, now named COVID-19, that's C-O-V-I-D-19. So if you start hearing COVID-19, COVID-19, they're talking about the coronavirus. I don't know if they're trying to do a switcheroo, but that's that's what the World Health Organization did. They renamed it, I guess. It's like, damn you, China, we don't care what you name your own disease. We're going to call it COVID-19. Anyway, um, where was I at? Nancy went on to say the CDC is regularly talking with ma- manufacturers of medical supplies, such as masks and gloves, to ensure enough are available in case of an outbreak here. At this time, some partners in other countries are reporting higher than unusual demand for N95 respirators and face masks, just so y'all know. They want to say it's under other countries. Fam, I went in there and bought two boxes of joints. I went to two different Costco's at two different times. The N95 respirators, um, I grabbed them joints. And last time I was in there, they were... um, they were kind of uh, rationing them joints, <clears throat> um, but not those, not the ones I grabbed, but actually the, the 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 white ones. The ones I grabbed had the things on the on the sides, and they have silver in them, specifically. I don't care what y'all think. I don't care what nobody says. I might be doing that dance, walking around with a mask. Um, so at this time, some partners and they put in other countries in uh, brackets, but I don't believe that the CDC does not currently recommend the use of face masks by the general public. 
Nancy Masonier, Masonier, I don't know, said people who are sick or under investigation should wear face masks when around other people or with health care providers. And I, I ain't finna count on those people to do that dance. When you're alone in your home, you don't need to wear a mask. Uh, Nancy said uh, today that U.S. health officials are implementing additional quality controls to ensure other patients are not misidentified. This is because the CD said last Tuesday that a mistake at a lab led U.S. health officials to release an infected coronavirus patient from a San Diego hospital. The patient had been evacuated from Wuhan, the epicenter of the outbreak. Mm. Additionally, the CDC has monitored since mid-January more than 30,000 travelers coming to the U.S. from China. They have not detected any cases from returning travelers. Health officials are asking the travelers to monitor their own systems and let their outdoor act- and limit their outdoor activities. Yeah, monitor your own systems. So if you don't feel good, let us know, and then we'll come get you. The, uh, the coronavirus produces mild cold symptoms in about 80% of patients. About 15% of the people who contract the virus have ended up with pneumonia, with 3 to 5% of all patients needing intensive care. Y'all can take that how you want to look at it, you know. Hey. Um, I think it's something to be at least aware of, you know. Be aware of it, at the very least. Moving forward, let me jump into the show. All right, look. I may have touched on this before, but I can't remember if I did or not. But, I mean, even if I did, it's worth mentioning again. And this is from... This is from the London branch of the CNN business. (laughs) You know, the U.S. ain't letting this stuff out. But I got it anyways. If you're born in the United States... Having wealthy parents matters a great deal to your chances of success. This is according to a new report. The name of this article is The American Dream is Much Easier to Achieve in Canada. So they're saying if you're born in the United States having wealthy parents, it has a great uh, effect, great deal of effect with regards to your chances of success. Individuals born into poorer families have a better chance of owning a home, getting a good education, and experience a better life than their parents if they are born in Canada than if they are born in the United States. In other words, Canadians have a better shot at the American dream than Americans. That's according to the World Economic Forum's Global Social Mobility Index, which ranks 82 countries on their citizens' ability to fulfill their potential regardless of their socioeconomic background. The index rates economies across five dimensions, health, education, technology access, work, which is in terms of opportunities, conditions, and fair wages, and protection in institutions. Germany is the most socially mobile country among the G7, ranking 11th overall, followed by France, which is 12th, Canada's 14th, Japan is 15th, the United, the United Kingdom is 21st, and the United States is 27th. Nordic countries, including Denmark, Finland, Norway, Sweden, and Iceland, have the best social mobility scores. Among the world's large emerging economies, Russia ranks 39th, followed by China, which is 45th, Brazil is 60th, India is 76th, 
Wow. In South Africa, 77. The headline finding of the report is that most economies are failing to provide the conditions in which their citizens can thrive, often by a large margin. This is the World Economic Forum. And what they said in their report, quote, as a result, an individual's opportunities in life remain tethered to their socioeconomic status at birth, entrenching historical inequalities, the statement added. As it stands right now in the United States, it takes five generations for a low-income family to reach median income, but that number could change. This statistic is better than it is in Germany and France, but worse than it is in Canada, Australia, and Denmark, which has the best social mobility score overall. Social mobility basically means you can you can be born in one like economic class, so you know, poor. As a as an example, and be able to move out of that class, the, the movement being referred to as mobility. In Denmark, a child is born into poverty. I'm sorry. In Denmark, a child a child born into poverty has a similar likelihood of earning a high income in adulthood as a child born into a rich family. According to the report, this is thanks to a combination of widespread access to high quality education, good work opportunities and conditions, and a robust social safety net. Germany and France rank much better than the United States on social protection and have fairer wages, which lifts those countries' overall social mobility ranking. The report finds that wage disparities have grown exponentially. Since the 1970s, the top 1% of income earners in the United States earned 158% more in 2018 than they did in 1979, while the bottom 90% of earners in the U.S. grew their wages just 24% over the same period. So the top 1% earned 158% more since 1979 to 2018, and the bottom 90% only earned 24% more. Coming from a wealthy family has other benefits, too, citing data gathered by Ipsos on behalf of um, LinkedIn. <laughs> the report notes that Americans who grew up in high a high-income household are three times more likely to report having strong social and professional networks than those who grew up in a low-income household. This means those individuals experience a double advantage in both social and financial capital. I think this is interesting. The the you know it's this is multiple pages, man. I'm not gonna read this whole thing, but um, I mean you know this, this is absolutely interesting. Um, let me go on to the next one. Um, I just think you know the American dream being easier easier to. Achieve in Canada speaks a lot to you know exactly what's going on and you know what we're experiencing. Some of y'all were born in the seventies. Some of y'all born in the sixties. Some of y'all you know were born in you know the fifties even. I don't think. Well, maybe maybe somebody some of y'all were born in the forties. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discriminate. 
But you know, if you if you were born, you know, in the '60s or something, I'm sure you you've been able to bear witness to what you know what has happened. Where am I going? Oh, should have said this earlier. U.S. government posts $33 billion budget deficit in January, just January, and only in January. That's only January, one month, $33 billion budget deficit. This is from Reuters. The U.S. government recorded a $33 billion budget deficit in January, the Treasury Department said today. That compared to a budget surplus of $9 billion in the same month a year earlier, according to the Treasury's monthly budget statement. Analysts polled by Reuters had forecast an $11.5 billion deficit for last month. Unadjusted receipts last month totaled $372 billion, while unadjusted outlays were $405 billion. This is a jump of 22% from the same month a year earlier. Yo. I don't know, man. Why? I don't even want... Man, look. Why would you start a company... That is um, authorized to do business by a country or the legislation of a country that's been running deficits for years, fam. But your business is expected to be <laughs> profitable. I mean, get, look, le- okay, look, I'm moving forward. Y'all check out this IMF stuff. Lebanon requests technical help from the International Monetary Fund. As the government grapples with an economic crisis that has fueled increasingly violent protests, heavily indebted Lebanon must urgently decide on how to deal with the fast-approaching debt payments, including a $1.2 billion euro bond that's due on March 9th. Pay attention. The financial crisis, worse than any Lebanon endured in its 1975-90, I'm sorry, to 1990 civil war, came to a head last year as slowing capital inflows led to a liquidity crunch and demonstrations erupted against the ruling elite. And you talk about these liquidity crunch. A lot of people are, but most people aren't, talking about this, you know, repo markets where the Fed is injecting liquidity into the overnight repo markets. Mm-hmm. But, oh, it's okay. But other countries that can't do that, such as Lebanon... Deciding how to handle Lebanon's next sovereign debt maturity is a top priority of Prime Minister Hassan Diab's government, which won a vote of confidence in Parliament on Tuesday. The IMF technical team is expected to arrive in Beirut in the next few days to help draw up an economic, financial, and monetary plan. Adding that the request for help was made by phone. Man, they called in help. Like, hello, hello. It was not immediately clear whether the technical assistance would involve a plan for debt restructuring, though some politicians have expressed support for consulting the International Monetary Fund before any plan is put forward to manage the debt payments. If y'all, y'all, look, if y'all paying any type of attention, any type of attention to what I be talking about, where did I put that stuff, man? Where did I put it, man? I'm up on these international monetary fund papers. Um, the one paper is on the decash in the society. 
how they gonna take the cash out of society the other one is breaking below the zero bound on interest rates basically bringing interest rates below zero and how central banks should you know implement these policies cashless societies and below negative I mean below zero which is negative interest rates mm. I think we should pay attention I think we should pay attention you know because a lot of us are um, inherently dependent on these monetary um, instruments that are issued by these central banks due to ignorance and you know you know our, our current education so these uh, issues with regards to currency and monetary policy are important whether or not we understand the implications or even the concepts a little bit of good news but we'll see how it goes um, JP Morgan's role in metal spoofing is under US criminal probe Yo, so a friend of mine told me that um, the, you know that ship that, that JP Morgan ship that was caught at the port with a whole bunch of cocaine on it, right? He was like, <laughs> my dude from Army Intelligence was like, pay attention to that because you're probably going to see some charges and it's not going to be the type of charges that you think. Um, and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yo, if that stuff got seized, they missed payments. <laughs> and I was like, yo, what are you talking about? And he was like, watch. So here's some weird charges like he was talking about. Uh, investigations, investigations said to move to bank parent after traders, uh, please. So J.P. Morgan's role in the metal spoofing is under <laughs> U.S. criminal probe. U.S. authorities that accused six J.P. Morgan Chase and company employees of rigging precious metals futures are building a criminal case against the bank itself said two people familiar with the situation. The previously unreported investigation of the global bank's parent company, part of a wide-ranging federal clampdown on market manipulation, raises the prospect of criminal charges and significant fines against America's largest bank. No formal accusations have been made against J.P. Morgan, said Jessica Francisco. And beyond that, Francisco declined to comment and pointed to a company pointed to company filings from last year disclosing that the Justice Department's criminal division was investigating trading practices in the metals markets and related contact. I'm sorry, conduct. How the probe proceeds from here is likely to be watched closely. Relatively, few big banks prosecutions have come to light during the Trump administration compared with the spate of big penalties and guilty pleas from banks under President Barack Obama. The Justice Department declined to comment as well. Investigators at the Justice Department and the Commodities Futures Trading Commission are at least two years into their examination of trading on J.P. Morgan's precious metals desk. One of the people said, U.S. authorities have already charged bank traders who worked in New York, London, and Singapore with manipulating thousands of orders. For gold and silver futures to benefit the bank and its major hedge fund, hedge fund clients. Their campaign of manipulation and spoofing, placing orders and then canceling them to trick the other trick other market participants spanned a decade, prosecutors said. Although others suspected market cheats have been charged with specific spoofing and manipulation offenses, the Justice Department accused JP Morgan Metals. 
traders under the so-called RICO statute. This is why you know I found this interesting. A criminal racketeering law more commonly applied to mafia cases than global bank probes. Fam? Fam. They investigating the bank under RICO. Man, I would not believe this if I did not see this. Rico. Oh, my bad. A criminal racketeering law more commonly applied. Okay, authorities are conducting a similar racketeering investigation of a second financial firm involving spoofing, according to a third person familiar with the matter. Yo, you, you think that might be Deutsche Bank, man? Yo, what if these banks go put put? I bet you happy you buying that gold, huh? I bet you happy you grabbing that gold, huh? If you're not, email me, admin at welcome to the foundation.com. I'm going to show you how to get your hands on gold for as little as 10 bucks. Uh, RICO allows for prosecutors to charge multiple criminal acts involving a group of people in the same case as long as they were part of the same enterprise. The Justice Department said the racketeering conspiracy on the J.P. Morgan medals ran between March 2008 and August of 2016. Two former medals traders for the bank have pleaded guilty to fraud charges and are cooperating with authorities. Man, they probably telling the business. They spilling the beans. It was my supervisor that taught me. It was his supervisor that said good job. Among those fighting charges are Michael Novak, who remained active as the global head of J.P. Morgan's precious metals desk until he was indicted under seal in August. After the arrest of Novak and two others in September, Assistant Attorney General Brian, I'm not even going Ben Benkowski said investigators would follow the facts wherever they lead, whether it's across desks here or at another bank or upwards into the financial institution. Despite the charges against several individuals over, I'm sorry, over precious metals trading, the Justice Department hasn't announced any criminal charges against big banks. This is the first time. The bank's trading operations have come under the scrutiny of prosecutors in 2015. J.P. Morgan pleaded guilty to felony antitrust charges along with a handful of other global banks that paid penalties admitted to conspiring to rig the price of U.S. dollars and euros. J.P. Morgan agreed to pay $550 million, but it and other global banks in the settlement felt little lasting hit from markets and customers undercutting investors' fears that a guilty plea would devastate their business. Even so, federal prosecutors could attempt to use the earlier market manipulation plea as leverage in settlement negotiations if they can argue that the bank is a repeat offender. In addition to anthrop, man, look, the bank is a repeat offender. Man, I'm trying to teach you how to do this. In addition to the anti-racketeering statute, prosecutors are relying on wire fraud laws to target alleged spoofing that occurred before it became specifically outlawed in 2011. Wire fraud when I'm sorry, wire fraud when perpetrated against a financial institution is subject to a 10-year statute of limitations, compared with five for spoofing. A federal judge in Chicago recently ruled that a charge could be used in a case against two former Deutsche Bank AG trade. I told you. <laughs> You're in private mode. 
I printed it from my phone and I was in private mode. I, th- I think it's funny that it says it right here. <laughs> You're in private mode. Subscribe to continue reading in private mode. Whatever. That's it for current events, y'all. I'm, you know, hey, I appreciate y'all, man. Um, where we at? Oh. Once again, welcome to the foundation. If you, you know, if you're just jumping in, you're just jumping into the show, you missed the announcement. I do want to say all offerings offered by the foundation, including trustee training, private family foundations, all of the Passport No Social series, so it's two of them, as well as two, part two and part one, part one and part two. Of the Foundation Trust series, all 55% off if you make your donation. And with precious metals, you got to email me, admin at welcome to the foundation if you're interested. You got you to gotta initiate the contract before the end of the, the month. 29th is the last day. No saving spots, fam. Otherwise, for everyone else, 25% off everything that's offered by the Foundation. Until the end of February It's a leap year So you got an extra day And I would like to once again Welcome you to the foundation On this episode of the foundation I'm going to go into private family foundations Very specific Very specific Because you know You don't know what you don't know And a lot of people don't know That wealth is measured by How much money you keep not how much money you make. You were you were lied to. Sorry. You were absolutely lied to, but it's cool. I'm about to sort you out. You know, it's good to have goals. I think it's good to have goals. I think it's great to have goals, you know. Um, goals are important, you know. If your goal is just to make money, you're missing out. Ultimately, we're here for a purpose. Let's, let's just be honest. And, you know, no one can tell you what that purpose is. No one can tell you, hey, man, your purpose here is to do this. Your purpose here is to do that. I'll tell you this. Your purpose is not to be here and working for someone else's company. I'll tell you that off top. But, you know, we all have goals, you know. and Some of our goals are probably a little bit more altruistic than others. But nonetheless... Our goals are just as important as the goals of, you know, the rich, the elite, those with, you know, more money, more influence, more power, more social capital, more ability, I guess, when when you're talking financially. Now, I don't want to play around, you know, and play games with you, you know. Um, Nothing that you hear on the foundation can be construed as legal advice. I am not an attorney. I'm not a lawyer. I do not give legal advice. If you need legal advice, you need to consult the proper consultant. But with that being said, you know, as I continue to grow the wealth of my estate, my family's estate, 
And I do it from, you know, a certain position. Um, you know, the more the more I want to share, I guess. The more I want to share information because you know um, having information and implementing it and watching it have a positive effect on you and yours is great but having information and sharing it and watching it have a positive effect on other people is even better you know um, there was once you know this this, this um, saying that I heard um, and I thought it was really dope it really struck me as truth which was a man will work hard to make a living a man will work even harder for his fellow man I agree you know I like I like helping people out I really do I work really hard at the foundation which you know this allows me to work really hard at you know the the family the family business which is ultimately Falls around technology but that's neither here nor there so a man will work hard for for a living and a man will work harder for his fellow man but a man will work hardest of all for a cause so I say you know we all supposed to have goals we all we're all definitely supposed to have goals and I think these goals really reflect not only our character but our ambitions and our dreams you know and I don't want to get too, you know, uh, razzle-dazzle or nothing like that. But, you know, um, I'd say for about, realistically, realistically, honestly, for about 10 or 15, honestly. But, you know, hey, when it comes to this information, I would say for about the last five years, five or six years I've had information in play that actively um, compounds and establishes the wealth of my private estate, of my family's private estate I want to tell you something you know um, we all know Microsoft, we all know Bill Gates I don't really not concerned about how you feel about him as a person, you know, but, you know, my man is a very smart person. Uh, he created a foundation, the Bill, and Melinda, the Bill and Melinda Gates Family Foundation. He gifted all of his corporate stock that he had in Microsoft, donated all of his corporate stock that he had in Microsoft to his own private family foundation, which is tax exempt, and turned around and did the largest distribution in Microsoft history. It was worth $3 billion. How much taxes do you think he paid on that transaction? The gold standard in the nonprofit sector is a, is a foundation, a private family foundation. We talk about trust. And when we discuss trust, our overall thinking should be family. But most talk about trust for tax purposes.
And because most people are talking about trust for tax purposes, they're typically in their mind, their only cause for most of you, and I'm being honest, I'm sorry if you don't like it, get off the show, holla black. But for the majority of you, the cause for this whole trust dance and this private private dance is inherently selfish. You're mostly only thinking about yourself, how you want to keep more of your money, that I worked for this and and they lied to me about this all cap name and and they owe me and I work and it's my energy, mine, I, mine, I, mine, I, which is a trap. And those people completely miss the private family foundation. Completely miss it, 100%. You think cha- pe- people think of charity and their brain automatically turns off. Click, click. Start thinking about sports games or different perfumes. It depends on, you know, who, who it is. But once you start talking about charity, you see where people's minds are at, how selfish people are. And the reason why you see that is because they're ignorant. Hands down, you don't know what you don't know. And those professionals that you deal with and you pay them money or maybe you don't, they don't know what they don't know. And I walk around the world or the city or anywhere like I'm any better than anyone else. But I do walk around with the knowledge that most people don't have. And now I know 99% 99% of the people in this audience that listen to the foundation are not going to do anything with the information. You might take notes. You might think about it a little bit, but you're not going to email the foundation. You're not going to get in trustee training. You're not going to learn how to administer trust. You're not going to actually administer your trust. And you're not going to actually not only perpetuate your wealth through generations, compound exponentially your wealth and your your power of of keeping your wealth instead of being concerned so much about what you make you'll be able to concern yourself with about what you keep and through trustee training and a system of interrelating trust a family foundation is worth the weight of the paperwork times two in gold Let's say rhodium right now, because rhodium is worth is is selling. It's man, look, the price of rhodium is over ten thousand five hundred dollars right now. So it's worth the weight of the paperwork of your foundation multiplied by two in rhodium. Especially when you understand trust administration, because ultimately, what is a private family foundation? It's a charity that's ultimately administered by family members and the charity has a purpose obviously and there's you know do's and don'ts of the charity but in this is instance since it's the foundation since my name is Sot L we obviously know without saying but I will say it that the trust itself is a contract The foundation itself is a contract, not a legislative entity. But I guess that should have been assumed since, you know, 
were on the foundation. So what is a private family foundation? A private family foundation is a trust that has a charitable purpose and is giving a tax exemption by the Internal Revenue Service. This allows family members, as well as friends, strangers, all individuals, to donate up to 30% of their annual income to this family foundation for a 30%, for up to a 30% annual legal reduction of tax liability. That's if you have a job. And this is where it comes from. I sat down years ago and was like, yo, okay, so these guys, they made a bunch of money and they set up their families' estates and they're rich, man. We're talking about the the, the titans of American industry, Anglo-American industry. Let Let me be very specific. And if they're smart and as smart, as I would assume that they are. They understood that not everyone in their family is going to have their smarts. It's likely that most of them won't. And that most of them will end up in the public working jobs. So how can he help those in his family that are so-called stuck in the system as individuals keep more of the money that they make. Well, it's simple. Create a, a family charity and allow that individual to donate up to 30% of its annual in- income to the family charity. Now, the family still controls the money. The money's not gone. It's in the, it's in, it's in the, it's in the foundation. And there is a 5% Charity rule? Nope. It's not a charity rule. A 5% donation rule? Nope. It's not a donation rule. There's a 5% expenditure rule with regards to the foundation. And if I have enough time, I'll get into the allowable expenses. It's crazy, though. Tax preparation is one of them. Salaries is another. Uh, site visits is another. Obviously, writing grants is a is a um, an expense. But yeah, not everybody's going to be able to administer trust. Not everybody's going to be interested. Some people might just want to be a doctor. Some people just might want to work at SeaWorld. I like the dolphins. I just want to work with the dolphins, Dad. Well, if you're working with the dolphins, don't forget to donate 30% of your annual income to the Family Foundation, which we administer as a family bank. And what? how does this benefit the individual? It benefits the individual because... The um, the foundation, since it's tax exempt, it could generate income off investments tax free. So, what is an investment from the side of a foundation? An investment could be a loan, especially if the loan is made at interest. So, your thirty percent annual income. Let's say this person makes a hundred thousand dollars. Thirty percent is thirty thousand dollars, just to make it simple. 
at the end of the year, I don't know, what do you say you need something? You want to buy a boat? You want to buy a car? Just borrow it from the family bank via the family foundation. What's the interest? I don't know. 1%? 3.5%? I don't know. People are like, hey, that's stupid. You're paying interest on your own money. And I'd be like, you're stupid. You're paying interest on money that you wouldn't have that the, the tax man would have. And you wouldn't even be able to do anything with it. And, stupid, the interest is going back into the family bank, which is compounding and growing the overall foundation fund of the family bank, fam. Now who's stupid? A lot of people, you know, they have family members who pass. And a lot of times, you know, when a family member passes, you know, they die without a will or they pass without a will or a trust and you go through probate. Some people, you know, know the grandma has some property, has some land. So they go to the probate court and they play along with the proceedings because they have no choice, you know. The person passed intestate. Intestate means without a will. So going through probate, they see, oh, there's a probate judge, there's a probate attorney, there's a probate clerk. There's all these things going down. So, you know, the probate trustee figures out, you know, all of the bills that were due upon the passing, figures out all of the heirs. That are qualified of the one who passed. And depending on the number of heirs and depending on the number of fees, it may be the responsibility of the probate trustee to sell. I'm going to say it again. Sell. One more time. Sell the assets of your grandma, man. To pay for the probate fees fam so maybe that 12 acres is now 3 or 4 divided through 6 people and they each cut up the land and sell it and go off their own ways I'm going to take my land I'm going to sell it to a developer and I'm going to live in Bora Bora we all go our separate ways that is not An effective transfer of wealth when it comes to family. Leaving assets or money. Here's a bunch of houses figured out. Here's a bunch of money figured out. That's not an effective way to engage in stewardship. If I'm leaving money to the heirs, man, I'm gonna make sure they're gonna be stewards of it. You can't just go spend it and tear it off. You got to be stewards. How do I ensure that? I ensure that obviously through trust, but specifically through a private foundation, private family foundation. Charity is an activity that lessens or removes the burdens of government. Charity is an activity that lessens or removes the burdens of government. 
Governments love tax-exempt entities. Governments love charities. That's why they give them tax exemption, because they're lessening or reducing the burdens of the government. A lot of people don't look at this stuff like this, but I do, man. For those of you who own property, if you if you're if you're you know your grandfather, your mother, or something, you own property, you know they're looking to, you know, handle their affairs before they pass. You know, how do I pass on this property? It's gonna go to is it gonna be probate? Is it gonna be estate taxes, inheritance taxes, so on and so forth? Did you know? With the private found, with the private family foundation, you can donate an asset, reduce your tax liability by thirty percent. No matter what, you can you can be a house. You can donate the asset, deed it to the deed it to the foundation. It'll automatically reduce your taxable income by thirty percent for that year as an individual. And if the donation exceeds the 30%, you can carry it over to the next tax year for up to five more years maximum. So, let's say I make $100 million. Nope. Let's say I make $100,000. Just keep it real. And I donate a property to my family foundation. The property was appraised at $300,000. All right? So, I donate the property this year. It reduces my taxable income to $70,000 this year, and I get a charitable deduction. Next year, I make $100,000. It's back down to seventy thousand again. Next year, down to seventy thousand again, and seventy thousand again, up to five additional years. That's about one hundred and eighty thousand dollars in tax benefits over that time period. Just for donating, for re, for redeeding a property into my family foundation. This is if you own property. This is for you know maybe older people in our in our lives when it comes to land and real estate and so on and so forth. You know we, I got trustees and trustee training. They be like you know I'm trying to talk my grandma or my mom into putting the property into the trust. You, it's hard to talk them into it because you can't describe a real benefit to them. Oh yes, yeah, can protect it for probate and and death tax and they, they don't give a fuck about that. Excuse my language. They're gonna be dead anyways. But if you can describe a benefit today for them to make this action, look, you're gonna get thirty percent. You're gonna reduce your taxable income by thirty percent for the next six years, fam. Word. But I only make. 
$20,000, and that's all for this and the SSI. Well, Thirty percent of twenty thousand is six thousand, which reduces twenty thousand to fourteen thousand. I mean, you don't have people jumping up and down for their tax checks for the next, you know, five six years. They're gonna get a they're gonna get a nice refund. You gonna avoid that capital gains tax? A lot of people are sitting on real estate. Right now, and, and, and appreciated assets because they don't want to sell it because they don't want to pay the capital gains tax or be taxed on the income. Donate that joint to your family foundation. Let the family foundation sell it. Ain't no capital, ain't no taxes on the fan and the foundation. It's tax exempt. Y'all understand what y'all missing, fam? Because we were never told this. Check this out. There's two, two like there's three. I mean, there's a lot of wealthy families that I study. There's three. The main three ones. The three main ones are the Rothschilds, uh, the Rockefellers, and the Vanderbilts. Uh, the Vanderbilts, they taught man, look, wasn't that smart? Obviously, didn't have the information. The Rockefellers did, and um, the Rothschilds did. Vanderbilt passed away in 1877. He was worth over 105 million dollars. That's Bill Gates' money back then. He donated $1 million to some college that changed the name of the college to Vanderbilt College or university or something like that. He gave the rest $104 million to his heirs. $104 million. Gave it to him. There you go. Peace. 92 years later, the heirs gathered at Vanderbilt University or college or whatever. There was over 120 descendants. 120 of them 92 years later Less than 100 years later 92 years later 120 Vanderbilt descendants Gathered at Vanderbilt College And not one of them was a millionaire Not one Rothschild on the other hand He had a son sent his three sons to different countries in Europe to create banks. He created um, a system for building wealth, and that's what he handed down to his heirs. Not so much money, a family bank and a system. Three rules to the family bank. All family wealth to be held in one family bank. Number two, all loans must be repaid. And number three, every year. The families to come together and share the lessons learned with regards to banking and finance. What worked, what didn't work. Today, the Rothschild family is worth between one and one hundred trillion dollars. I don't care how much money you make, how much money do you keep? And I ain't talking about just you sitting there. Because every child that you have, every nephew, every niece, as far as I'm concerned, is you. And if you can't keep your possessions through multiple generations, you are just living for yourself. I'm very familiar with private family foundations. 
And I'm sharing this information because I want y'all to know. I think it's important for y'all to know. I think it's important for us to have goals. I know most of y'all ain't even in private trustee training. I know most of y'all don't really have um, private mentors beyond, like, you know, podcasts and YouTube videos and webinars. I know most of y'all might not even have your own business, not even on the side. But we all got to have goals. And I feel like when we have goals to work for, when we have stars to shoot for, it makes our day-to-day easier because this is all for a reason. So I want you to think about, like, if you didn't have to work another day in your life, what would you do? There, these these millionaires and billionaires, when they retire, they retire into their family foundation as tax exempt. Now their job is to solicit donations for their family foundation. That's their job. Fly around the world on the foundation dollar soliciting donations for the foundation. That's what I'm going to do. Please believe that's what I'm going to do when I retire. I'm out of here. I'm going straight into charity. And as far as I'm concerned, a family estate is not complete without a private family foundation. It's not. It's not complete. Now, some people be like, yo, so we, we ain't doing a tax entity because blah, 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 in the public. And I'm just going to say this. Ain't nobody else telling you how to legally avoid taxes through a system. People telling you they're going to tell you to do this and declare that and affidavit this and affidavit that and send it here and send it there and then go to court and sue them and do the bonds and all this other stuff. It's going to be very adversarial. The IRS is not giving your entity tax-exempt status. It is recognizing the charitable nature of the entity. And they will determine if it is tax-exempt or not based on the cause, purpose, mission statement, and administration of the entity. Now, I've heard people talking about 508s. Cool. Been kind of looking into that. But I have a system that works. I have a system that is tried and true. I have a system that I can prove that the elite use and utilize to this day to perpetuate their wealth through multiple generations and protect their assets. So I want to ask you a question, a few questions. Are you paying more in taxes than you think you should? I feel like most people will say yes. Are you properly preserving your wealth? For your children and your grandchildren, for your nieces, for your nephews? Are you? Are you able to afford to support 
your charitable cause that you believe in without sacrificing your family's lifestyle or future? Can you guarantee that your assets will avoid estate taxes, income taxes, sales taxes, capital gains taxes, 1031 exchange limits? Are you living your best life? And do you think living your le- your best life is working for a living? Two largest, three largest expenses are are three life necessities. The NFL, the NHL, the NBA, tax exempt. NFL generated $10 billion in income in 2015 and paid zero taxes. Most of the time, this information is only available to the $30 million club. There's SEC rules and regulations with regards to this information. This is why people high up or hush-hush. Because everything can be taken away from them. But when you private, nothing can be taken from you. And the $30 million club is a $10 million in free investment capital, $10 million in annual income, and $10 million in assets. I don't know anyone personally in that club, personally, but you might. This private family foundations are how the curriculums in the schools that you went to were created. Private family foundations is how the curriculums are controlled in universities and colleges. When you go to hospitals, universities, you see the donor wall. And you see such and such family foundation, such and such foundation, such and such trust. Those are private families that have made a specific type of investment with that hospital, university, or college. Vanderbilt College is Vanderbilt College because Vanderbilt donated $1 million to the college. That was a lot of money back then. They renamed the whole thing after that dude. And I can say there's a 5% expenditure rule with regards to foundation. Technically, you don't even have to do anything charitable. You have to have to expense 5%. Includes tax preparation. Includes salaries, anything that is an expense to the foundation. But real quick, we got about a minute left in the broadcast. I will go over. We will stream. So if you're checking this out on the internet or otherwise you want to call in 424-222-5250, you will be disconnected from the broadcast if you do not call in. Uh,
So, I don't, you know, nobody likes taxes. Um, income taxes are compulsory. Um, they're required, especially depending on how you're operating, how you're administering your estate, administering specific entities, so on and so forth. Income taxes are compulsory. And, I mean, sure, you know, it goes to the, possibly goes to the deficit. It's possibly used to raise, you know, bridges and buildings. Who knows, really? But to to be compelled to give is a vice. To freely give is a virtue. Now, if 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 you're like me, you have this insatiable internal burning fire fuel, whatever, to do better and to constantly create and therefore exist in better situations. Now it takes time, especially when we're growing. Most of us got to go to work every day, you know, and that sucks. And it takes a lot of time and energy out of our lives, out of our out of our bodies, out of our vessels. It takes a lot of focus and determination from our minds. But every little bit counts. And you can begin right where you are. And within no time at all be private. In whatever way, shape, or form you so desire. But the reason why I'm talking about foundations, I know it's out of going to be out of reach for most people at this moment in time, but it's something to reach for. We get our tax exempt letter from the Internal Revenue Service within 30 days of completing the application. 30 days. You don't have to operate for two years like public entities do. Or three years like a public entity does Within 30 days of the application You're going to have your tax exempt letter Before you're even ready Really know what you're going to do Or how you're going to do it You might know what you want to do But you're not going to know how you're going to do it You're going to have it pretty speedy Now the form The Internal Revenue Service Tax return For private family foundations Is the 990PF PF standing for private foundation Y'all can look this up Well the return Goes to the exempt organizations Division of the internal Revenue service It doesn't even go to the Collections or the revenue division The exempt organizations division The return is public So the, the, the public Returns But the operations The books, the minutes, the indenture Everything else is private just like our trusts. Same exact thing. So, you know, what would you do if you didn't have to work tomorrow? If you didn't have to get up and go to work tomorrow? Maybe you play video games. Maybe, you know, maybe you go on a bunch of trips. Eventually you'd get bored. I'd say two years of just doing whatever you want to do would bore you after a while. You want to be a part of something, I would assume. You probably want to make a difference somewhere, somehow. And most people, when they go out on their own, they miss 
that job because they felt like they were a part of a team. They felt like what they were doing was significant. And they were used to the specific way they interacted with their results, with their work, with their effort that they put in. Whether it was, uh, you know, you got a reward or an award or a raise or a good job from the supervisor, whatever it was. Working for yourself isn't easy. It's, it's, it's quite difficult, especially in the beginning. But it's way more re- rewarding. No one becomes a millionaire or wealthy by working for someone else. Unless you, unless you work for Google, maybe, but that's, that's not wealthy. You might be kind of rich, but you're not going to be wealthy. And the individual is the worst entity to use. With regards to converting your energy, your your life force on this earth into tangible objects and effects that you need and require during your lifetime. The individual is the worst entity. But, you know, people want a purpose. You know, a lot of people work at the job. I, I, you know, I get, I get fulfillment from my job. I'm doing good. Well, look. Did you know that you could create your own private family foundation? Did you know that you and your family members who were capable or willing could sit down as a board of trustees and determine the charitable activities? And that you could solicit donations from businesses, individuals, from other charities for your private family foundation? Did you know that you're able to take a family retreat once a year off the funds out of the foundation, which is part of the 5% expenditure? Fam. Now y'all maybe understand when I was out of the country a couple weeks ago. Technically, that was a retreat. (laughs) I'm trying to tell y'all, man. It'll change your life. The foundation will change your life. Give me a year and a half. Tops. And I will change your entire life. And I will, I will change your quality of life. But it requires action. It requires consistency. It requires dedication. And please believe me, if you're lacking in any of those, if you just stick to it, the positive results that you reap from the action, consistency, and dedication will be more than enough fuel required for you to continue on that path of action, consistency, and dedication. There's a reason why I do this show. There's a reason the foundation exists, and I feel like there's a reason why SOTEL is really the only one on high frequency right now, man. I know it's out of respect. But I also know it's out of acknowledgement of my charitable nature, my charitable constitution within me. So there's a reason why I do these shows and you know, there's a reason why I bring forth all this information. There's a reason why I work hard for y'all. Because ultimately, 
I found my passion. I found my cause. And nothing gives me more joy than helping y'all change your life. So that's the reason why I do it. The reason how I do it is because I'm private and I'm properly structured. And I control 100% of my property. And specifically, I'm speaking about I control 100% of my energy. I control the conversion of my energy, the exchange of my energy. And my energy is not taxed. And I can show you how to do the same thing. You just email me, admin at welcome to the foundation dot com. I mean I man, I took so many notes, I didn't even I didn't even use them all, yo. Um here, let me let me uh let me, let me, let me give me let me give you all some more. I got let me get my notes, let me get my notes. Oh, the Board of Trustees of the Foundation is the adults, obviously. If we're talking about site visits and family retreats and and other family members being eligible, those who are underage, you just hold a meeting on a Board of Trustees, create a junior Board of Trustees, and put them on the junior board. Now they're a part of the, the entity itself, and their inclusion in any trips or retreats is now an expense. To the foundation I know I know But I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going Alarm I'm not finished yet um, You can even um, Create sub funds In the foundation Let's say the family wants to save the dolphins But you know one of your children Really really wants to save the polar bears Well you can set up a sub fund In the foundation to where the one child is able to, you know, do, you know, um, actionable, transactions, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, in the name of the foundation with regards to helping the polar bears. It's a very elastic, very flexible entity, obviously, because it's created through contract. Or maybe not so obviously. Uh, the four dues of a foundation do receive donations to the foundation. Number two, do manage the assets of the foundation. Number three, do honor the 5% expenditure rule. Number four, do comply with the filing requirements. Just file a return, man. Quit playing. Exempt organizations. Uh, four, don't. Don't self-deal. We know this off top. Uh, number two, don't make... Uh, bad or jeopardizing investments Don't take the foundation money and go to the casino And bet on red fam That's a jeopardizing investment That's a no no Number three don't create or maintain excess business holdings um, And number four don't make any taxable expenditures um, Don't contribute to political campaigns That's a taxable expenditure Um, what qualifies as a 5% payout uh, Grants to charities and non-charities For charitable purposes All reasonable administrative expenses Necessary for the conduct Of the charitable activities of the foundation <laughs> Costs of all Direct charitable activities 
uh, salaries, benefits, trustee fees, travel, rent, phones, consulting fees, tax preparation fees. All these fall under the 5% disbursement. Uh, real quick, four pillars of foundations. Number one is governance. Number two is management. Number three is grant making. And number four is investments. And what else I want to throw in here real quick before I jump on the phone lines? Mm. Over 93% of family foundations have an asset base of less than $100,000. Let's say that again. Over 93% The private family foundations have an asset base of less than $100,000. Feel empowered. Um, I'm going to leave it at that, yo. Um, there's something to be said about, you know, the power of this private information, you know, um, some of it, even, you know, some of this information that I that I heard, like, you know, uh, with private family banking and private family foundations, I knew about the stuff for years before I even did anything with it. And I, I wish I wouldn't have waited that long. Um, I would say mainly because the claims seemed too outlandish. Um, my mind was blown absolutely blown but at the same time I was so skeptical I've lived so long I've been to so many different places on this earth I've, I've met so many different people and I've never heard of this I was absolutely skeptical didn't make any moves for a couple of years on the private family banking and on the private family foundations and it was a big mistake and I you know I admit my mistakes because I you know that way I can be accountable and that way I can change and not, or change my behaviors or not repeat not repeat the behavior. Um, one of the biggest things is, you know, we feel we can't do it. We're not smart enough, so on and so forth. Um, negative mental thinking is the bane of most people. You are your own worst critic. Um, you're the only one saying those things. No one is thinking what you think they're thinking. And to be honest, nobody thinks about you as much as you think they do. Nobody does. They're too busy thinking about themselves. Um, a lot of us are afraid to fail, but um, think of so many things you wouldn't know or wouldn't have experienced if you were too afraid to fail to try. And a lot of us have been conditioned that we're not worth it and that our um, it's uh, we're not the type of person that deserves a certain type of lifestyle. And let me be honest, that is going to be your biz, your biggest biggest hurdle that you're going to have to overcome is believing and knowing that you deserve better and that you deserve a better lifestyle. You deserve to have more money. You deserve to de to live more comfortably. You deserve to be able to allow the people you care about to live more comfortably. You deserve to spread happiness. You deserve to be able to take some stress off of the people that you love, even if it's just financially. 
You deserve to be able to drive whatever car you want to drive. You deserve that because you know temperament. And just because you can afford a Bentley doesn't mean you're going to buy one. But yeah, the biggest hurdle is the internal knowledge of what you deserve. Very important. So, you know, um, you know, a foundation may seem way out of reach. You're probably right at this at this moment. Even you know, with this February, you know, fifty five percent off with precious metals, twenty five percent off with fiat. You know, the foundation is prohibitive. Um, once you get a foundation, you you mitigate your taxation to zero. 100% legally and you don't have to argue you don't have to do no affidavits you don't have to do nothing man um, the foundation is using the correct entity in commerce or entities that's the foundation and that's why this show is called the foundation the private family foundation is a very necessary component of your private estate in my opinion You know, this thing is abuse of trust when there's a family foundation a part of the estate. There's no need. I want y'all to look into the foundation. I want y'all to jump on YouTube and type in private family foundations and watch a couple videos. There's a couple one-hour videos that are pretty good. And then if you're interested in the future, email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. Booyaka shot. All right, so I hit y'all with the current events. I hit y'all with the 30%. Um, there's a reason why this stuff isn't spoken of in the public. There's a reason why you're going to, you know, maybe watch a couple of those videos and they're going to be talking strictly statutory. But, you know, I have no vested interest in telling y'all anything wrong. I have no vested interest in getting some weird review from someone saying, so hell did this or didn't do that. Um, I am a noble. And not because people say that. I'm a noble because of what I do. And you can say I am or not. I don't care what you say. It is what it is. But when I tell y'all the private estate consists of contractually based entities and at the foundation your private family foundation is a necessary component in that estate I'm not telling you any lies so with that being said let me jump into these phone lines I'll take a couple calls and I'm outro like a drought snow (laughs) my dad used to say that was so stupid uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. We got some callers. I hope y'all, you know, I trust y'all, you know, enjoyed the episode, man. I hope it wasn't over your head. I don't think it was. It wasn't over your head. Come on. There's no way it was over your head. All right, let me jump in and switchboard with the switchboard. 240-2372. 240-2372. Peace. Which name are you calling from? 
Oh, hello. Uh, yes, I'm calling from um, Maryland. Hello. Um, hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hello. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I was calling from Maryland. Um, I'm listening to all this you talking about the trust. Now, I remember that I've gotten um, uh, a private exempt number from the RIS um, a few years ago. And when I got the number, I found out um, I had went through a bankruptcy and someone had, a trustee had his name on it. So I called. When I got the number, they told me that um, they didn't get a number out over the phone. And I told them, I said, yes, I've gotten it on there before. So they said, well, do you know so-and-so, uh, so-and-so? I said, yeah. They said, well, he's the trustee of your trust. And I'm like, really? So I was talking to someone um Later on, maybe like two or three weeks ago, and they said, well, what you need to do, you need to um, contact the IRS and tell them to have that person removed off of your trust. So, you know, I'm kind of sitting on a fence about this. Um, what what kind of trust did you say it was? Um, like a, was it a it trust? Was a bankruptcy. Like a, it was a bankruptcy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So, how long ago was the bankruptcy? The bankruptcy was, I think, in twelve or thirteen, two thousand twelve or thirteen. Okay. And then, um, the the bankruptcy was completed, obviously, and all that other stuff. And then. The, you said you got a number, so it sounds like there was an EIN issued um, for the right. bankrupt mm-hmm. entity for that bankruptcy, and um, it was the trustee that um, applied and received that EIN to um, facilitate the bankruptcy. Um, so, in my opinion, like I said, I'm not an attorney; I don't give legal advice. But in my opinion. That EIN is strictly associated with that bankruptcy. Okay. Um, if it wasn't exempt, how could he use it without my permission? Well, because the individual is created by the state, and there's a state seal on the birth certificate. So um, statutes with regards to bankruptcy of the individual require that there be a trustee appointed by the court. And the trustee handles the bankruptcy on behalf of the individual because the individual or you who represents the individual does not have the necessary knowledge to effectuate a bankruptcy. So the court appoints a trustee to handle the bankruptcy on behalf of the individual. And that's designated by statute. Okay. So what can I do to overturn that? From what I understand, there's nothing you can do to overturn a bankruptcy, per se. Bankruptcy, typically, um, you consent to a bankruptcy. You apply uh, to go through a bankruptcy proceeding on behalf of the individual. So you authorize that. Um, Unless it was initiated through fraud or it's identity theft type thing. Mm -hmm. So somebody stole the identity and then put you through bankruptcy. Yeah, 
Well, first of all, I thought bankruptcies are illegal because um, they don't if they don't tell you the truth about the bankruptcy. They don't fully yeah. disclose to you, you know, what it means. So well, anything not fully disclosed to you should be null and void. Yeah, I mean, and 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 that's the claim. But I think, in my opinion, and in my studies, they bypass that requirement of disclosure because they disclose it to the attorney. Did you have an attorney that helped you through the bankruptcy? No, I didn't. So you you did the bankruptcy. I didn't have anyone to help me. Yeah. Okay, well, so they have a maximum law that says ignorance of the law is no excuse. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, you know, um, you initiated the bankruptcy, you applied for the bankruptcy, and um, you went through the bankruptcy proceedings means that you agreed to all the contracts and all the terms that go along with the bankruptcy. Because during the bankruptcy, you didn't bring up any challenge. So, well, how was um, I supposed to know that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, if you ask a judge or anyone like that in the public, they'll tell you that you were supposed to read all the laws and statutes with regards to bankruptcy before you entered into a bankruptcy. Well, nobody really does that, really. You know, people get in trouble and they just, you know, somebody says, file a bankruptcy, file a bank, and that's what you do, you know. And, that, I mean, and that's what they count know, on. I know I don't like it either It's just I know what it is though And now Because I know what it is I know how to avoid it But I mean you know To me personally That stuff is old news If it was me I wouldn't worry about that Bankruptcy Mm -hmm. fall off Of your your credit report After seven years anyways And if it's still on there After seven years You can have the credit reporting agencies Take it off legally So if it's been seven or eight years You know I would just kind of Yeah Whatever. But if it's okay, affecting so your credit or if it's affecting you getting funding or affecting you buying a house or affecting you in any way, um, maybe that's something different. But if it's not affecting you, I wouldn't really be concerned with it too much. But like I said, I'm not giving legal advice. I'm not an attorney. I just study a lot. Okay, well, um, so... What was the purpose of the tax exempt EIN number the IRS gave you? Well, basically, if you if you think of a bankruptcy, you basically run in an estate through bankruptcy. So that estate was issued a tax exempt number, and because the estate uh, was going through bankruptcy, it wasn't generating any income. So the estate itself that was going through bankruptcy was tax exempt. That's what that's. That's what I would assume Because it's a specific entity For a specific purpose And it's not a business purpose It's not to generate income So um, That EIN And you know that You know bankrupt entity Or that estate that's going through bankruptcy Will not Will not necessarily be subject to taxes So that that's, that makes sense to me I would just say leave it alone, sister. Leave it alone, because the birth certificate has a state seal on it, and that's not that's not our family seal. So it's obvious that they created it. It's just you know, I, you you're better off investing that energy and that mental uh, ingenuity and acuity into your own 
estate into private contractual estate and, and put that stuff down and leave it alone. Okay, well, how do my, you? That's just um, my opinion. Okay, about the foundation, how is that started? Uh, we simply just uh, draw up a contract. It's 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 a trust. We simply drop a contract and uh, you know um, uh, apply for the tax exempt status. I mean, in the private, you know, those who are interested and those who you know get into the the education program with regards to the foundation. I mean, you get a bunch of materials, you know, family foundations and law from the Council on Foundations, um, tax exempt uh, procedures uh, remaining. in compliance, there's a lot of stuff that's included in, you know, all of the materials. But a foundation is, is simply, you know, a governing document and, uh, you know, an EIN and then an application for tax exemption. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate You're very it. welcome. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You have a great evening. Peace. You too. Bye-bye. All right, next uh, next caller. Thanks. This, those were great questions. Those were great, great questions. Um, you know, I, I trust that I was able to, you know, at least assist you in some clarification. Uh, I'm not too familiar with, uh, you know, bankruptcy, but uh, I am familiar with the commercial process. And um, you know, I mean, I mean, in all respect and um, in all honor, when I say, you know, I just, I would just recommend leaving that stuff alone. Leaving that public stuff alone and getting our own stuff that we control, that we created, it's through contracts, protected by the Constitution. You know, I just, um, to me, it's just much more simple. It's just much more simple. It's much more worth our energy and our time. 773-2252. Peace, what's your name? Where you calling from? Peace. Um, <clears throat> Kitura, and I'm calling from Chicago. Peace. Peace. Um, I have... I have two questions Um, Actually this is the first time I've called in And I've seen it online But I don't know how to go back And listen to your previous calls Is it set up for me to be able to do that? Yeah Yeah it is Um, So it's on Blogtalkradio.com Forward slash High frequency We'll probably be the easiest way blogtalkradio.com forward slash high frequency and and these shows are called the foundation yeah I know I get your email but uh, I mean every time I try to go back and listen I'm not it's not sending me to where I can listen to the calls that I actually missed so So, the link the link in the emails are broken Excuse me? I gotta, the links in the emails are broken. I got to fix that. I don't think the links in the emails are broken. I think it's just me not knowing what I'm doing because I'm not, like, savvy on this computer thing. Okay. But my other question is, what's the difference between a, setting up a foundation and having a trust Um, main difference is the foundation is tax exempt. It has a charitable purpose. 
the beneficiary uh, the beneficiary is the public, which allows it to be tax exempt. But it's still a trust. So what, it's a trust. What, it's a trust ultimately. Uh, excuse me. It's a trust ultimately. Well, our our foundations are trusts. <clears throat> okay. So a foundation is a trust. Is it structurally is set up different? No, structurally, our foundations are structurally set up as trusts. Foundations can also be structurally set up as like corporations or LLCs, but that's not how we do it. Our foundations are structurally the governing instrument is a contract indenture. Okay, so isn't that the same thing with a trust? Yeah, but the differences between a foundation and a trust is that um, the foundation is tax exempt, the beneficiary is the public, and the foundation has a charitable purpose. Okay. Now, when but when you set up a trust, the trust is like private, and there are specific beneficiaries as opposed to the public being a beneficiary. Well, yes. Well, the foundation the is private as well. Okay, so how does how does it protect you as an individual? I mean, even though I know more, that term individual means something else, but how does how does it protect you? It um it provides um tax mitigation through individuals making donations to the family foundation. Um it all, well it protects assets is really what it does. So you're able to, you know, control assets and income producing assets from a a non-tax position. Okay, so how do you, so actually you fund the foundation from the public? Or the private. You can, um, look, our trust, our trust and and trustee training, our trusts are complex. And a complex trust can donate 100% of its taxable income to a charity. So if there's and a the charity... And the foundation is the charity. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, but what if, if you're coming from a point of not having a, a wealth um if you don't have wealth already and you want to uh, form a foundation, fund it. How do you fund it? And how do you fund the trust so the trust can have a taxable income to be able to to give it to the charitable foundation? Um, if you're an individual and you have a job, you just make donations. Um, you can also solicit donations from other individuals, families, and businesses. You can also um, take advantage of grant writing opportunities. There's other charities across the the nation that offer funds to other charities. Um, you can uh, the private estate can have a business trust. The business trust could be generating income for the private estate. There's multiple ways to fund the private estate, especially if you have a foundation. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm trying to understand this in reference to public and private though. 
Well, the the entity itself is private. That's why they're they're private foundations. Even the tax return is a nine nine zero PF, which stands for private foundation. Um, the governance is private. The authority is private because it's contract. The 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 United States or the state can't come in and say you guys got to do this, you guys got to do that. The requirements with regards to being a tax exempt is just filing tax returns, um, and that's it. Um, as far as requirements um, of filings, and then just maintaining compliance, which means you know um, make sure that you're expensing five percent every year. And, uh, you know, make sure you're not commingling. Look, um, life insurance policy. Look, uh, a lot of people, we, we use life insurance policies as private family banks. Um, the, we use the cash value. Uh, a life insurance policy is key, man, life insurance. It's an expense. So if you put a life insurance policy into your foundation and the the policy covers one of the trustees, then every premium of that life insurance policy is a expense to the foundation. And then every time the premium is paid, that opens up another um, level of cash value that's available to borrow against. And now you're able to finance, you know, large purchases like, you know, cars and down payments for houses. And, you know, at a certain event, even houses. Um, you know privately but that's that's a little more advanced you know when we come into private family banking but that's just you know that's just one example uh, and then right. you know like I said paying the life insurance premium is an expense it's part of the 5% so if the annual okay. premium of the life insurance policy is $10,000 you know what is that uh Two hundred thousand dollars. That's two hundred, right? Two hundred, two hundred thousand. Yeah. Ten percent of two hundred thousand dollars is twenty thousand. So yeah, ten thousand dollars is five percent. So two hundred thousand dollars. If you bring in two hundred thousand dollars in, in, you know, um, donations into your private family foundation, you have to expense five percent. Um, that's ten thousand dollars, and if that's if that's life insurance policies, uh, premiums being paid, that's cash value. That ten thousand dollars is still available in the cash value portion of the life insurance, so the money didn't even go anywhere. You're still you're still in compliance, and um, there's a hundred ninety thousand dollars in the um, foundation, and there's ten thousand dollars in the life insurance policy as cash. That's not including, okay. you know, real estate. People donate they, they house to their foundation and then go down to the county and take they, they, they house off the the, the tax rolls. Because how, how are you paying property taxes if the owner of the property is a foundation and it's tax exempt? Okay. So a lot is, of things. Can a trust can a trust be tax exempt also? Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, technically, yeah, yeah, 
But the you know the foundation is a trust though. So, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I know what you're asking, and technically yes, technically, typically that exemption would fall under some sort of private letter ruling or some sort of treaty. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you. You cleared up some things for me. You're very welcome. Um, I'm going to go and try to find so I can go back and listen because I actually forgot about the call again today. So I missed the very beginning. And I'm yeah, interested yep. in listening to it. Yep, blogtalkradio.com forward slash high frequency. Okay. And you're very welcome. I'll talk. I look forward to talking to you soon. Okay. Thank you. All right. Peace. All right, last caller. I'm out. 929 4056. 929 4056. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Peace, Brother Sordell. This is Sister Yvette. Peace, communities, kings, and queens. My brother, I have to say this. You gave some good nuggets tonight, but the communities need to understand. Public is just public. And unless you had some type of private education, you will never understand half of the things that are being said on these airwaves. That's why the brother keeps telling you, add men at Welcome to the Foundation. You cannot ask certain things over public airways. That's why he says book consultation. Now, some clarity. Article courts are just that. We cannot give legal advice over public airways about article courts. If you stand in attendance to a court, you answer all charges that are brought forth. Whether you agree or you disagree, that's why you stand in front of these people and answer these questions and agree or disagree. Now, next thing is trust, business trust, family trust. If you're in private education, these are the things you will learn once you study and apply yourself. If you don't like to study, if you don't like to read, if you're not going to apply yourself and get the full understanding, don't do it. Okay, next thing. Foundations are foundations. The brother in so many ways are telling you that you have 5% that's charitable. With family trust, business trust, it's not too many areas of donations that you can give and not have to report it. Now, since some of you are really listening, go do your homework. 2065-8832-1040-1041. Go look up those different numbers on the tax forms, and you can ask those questions next week at admin at Welcome to the Foundation, okay? So certain things you cannot ask on public airways. Kings and queens, if you have no generational wealth, the life insurance policy, depending on the companies, will give you certain cash amounts. 
upon the policy, but you have to know what you're doing. Again, that is private wealth. That is not for the general public because, unfortunately, some of us are knuckleheads. We will get that money and disappear or mess it up. That's why they said private education, private wealth. This is not for the public or the public wealth. That's why my brother keeps stressing certain things in so many ways, kings and queens, communities. Admin, and welcome to the foundation. Now, the nugget, if you all caught it and you're listening carefully, real money, precious metals, you're getting 55% off. Sit down and do the math. If you're not good at math, get a calculator. 55% off. You have 17 days to get it right. After the 29th, you might not have that opportunity. Some of you really need to jump on that because I'm quite sure publicly you have gotten your Federal Reserve notes and probably went through half of your funds. If you get the tangible assets, the precious metals, and you fund your private education, you will go a lot further in the next year, year and a half. Now, for those of you who have a job, did you listen and pay yourself first? Since you're struggling, if you want to come out of the public and go into the private, did you pay yourself first? If you didn't, you missed everything that we've been stressing to you for the past couple of months. Get yourself right. Think. Sit down and sing. Sit down and listen. Rewind all the past podcasts. Education. Do you want to be public or do you want to be private? Stop playing, kings and queens. My brother, you gave them excellent, excellent information. Let's see who's going to run with it this round. Because you only get for so many chances. Peace, my brother. Peace, sister. Peace. What? Yo, Yusuf about to be on? Q&A with Yusuf L and 15 Venice. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm about to end this and jump on that. Oh. Oh. Um. Yeah, thanks, sister. I mean, you know, the sister be dropping knowledge. I'm just trying. I'm trying to help y'all out. I'm gonna take one call and I'm one more call because this is. I think this is Skype and I'm always interested in who's on Skype. I'm gonna take one more call and then um, I'm out of here. I think Yusuf got a show coming up, man. What? What? Skype call one one with the one ones and the one ones one ones. Peace. Yes, indeed. Peace to the God. Balance on the check in. How you been, oh, brother? Balance. How you doing? What's going on? All right, man. I love it. You're giving the massive Jews, man. And you're trying to tell everybody in so many ways what's in the private stays in the private and what's in the public stays in the public. They can't co-mingle with one another, man. So to all the callers that, you know, ask you a thousand questions, they need to come to you, like the sister just said, go to the foundation. 
and talk to you one-on-one, and you will bless them. Because at the end of the day, everything is based on this key word that I'm going to drop a jewel. Discipline is where it's at. And if you don't got it, you shouldn't even be in this. If you can't discipline oneself. Grasshoppers. So, you know, I just had to chime in on that and let that be known. Because we all got to go through this process. You know what I'm saying? To become better beings and doing what we do. Because, you know, you ain't going to get it overnight. And it takes work. So if you don't study and you ain't reading books, you can forget it about the trust world. Because ain't nobody going to walk you through the door and hold your hand. Okay? And guess what? You better make sure your diet is right. Because if you ain't eating right, your brain ain't going to function right to get that powerful, divine information on how to navigate through society. You're just going to be stuck like Chuck. So that's all I got to say, my good brethren. No. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. I know y'all out there grinding, grinding, grinding. Of OG course, trustee bro. right here, by lands. What's going on, man? Love, Everything's you know, good. Life is good. Yeah, man. Taking every day one step at a time, man. Growing and learning as I go, man. That's you know? what's up, man. That's what's up. It's good to hear from you, man. You should give me a call in the next couple of days. Yo, you That's already okay. know, man. All right. Catch up. Yeah, thanks for right. thanks for calling good in, man. You. Appreciate you. Yeah, I yield the floor, man. I know you gotta go and boogie and do you. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out here. All right, and peace to everybody else that's on the listening. Discipline is the key. Exactly. Appreciate peace. you, man. Peace. Discipline is the key. Yo, y'all need to deal with your boy right here. Your boy. Your boy's so look. And not to toot my own horn, but I'm doing this stuff. I'm actually doing that dance. Remember when I said I I, I had this stuff for a couple of years and didn't make no moves? Boom. If you don't file taxes on your private family foundation for three consecutive years, they automatically revoke your tax exempt status. Went through it. Got it back. Know how to do it. Really living this stuff. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Didn't file the returns for three years. Lost the tax exempt status. Why? Oh, I wasn't doing anything, so I didn't think... No, no, I knew I was supposed to file, but I'm here justifying myself in my mind. Oh, I'm not doing anything, so I'm just not going to file. It'll be all good. It wasn't all good. It was all bad. I made mistakes, too. We all made mistakes. But we all can learn from them, and we can grow. But the fear, the fear, we need to chill with that fear. It's holding us back. It's holding us back. Quit being afraid to fail. We're being afraid to, you know, look like you don't know what you're doing for a minute. We're being afraid to ask questions. We're being afraid to look like we don't know. I'll be talking to people and be talking to me. They'll be smiling and nodding and be like, yeah, yeah. And man, you didn't understand what I just said. I can tell because I ask a question. They'll be like, um, uh, uh, let's be honest. Let's be accountable. Hold yourself accountable. Before you hold others accountable Admit to your mistakes Before you point out others 
But main, main and biggest thing of all is we got to knock out this fear, this fear of failure, this fear of looking stupid, this fear of what other people think. It's time to knock it out. And, you know, I'm coming every week. You know, I'm going to give y'all information, motivation, whatever I could do to help and assist my brothers and sisters. With that being said, I appreciate y'all. Make sure you go to welcometothefoundation.com. Check out, you know, the PDF section. Find the, you know, social media programs. Sign up for the email list, but most importantly, email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. Inquire as to the 55% off everything with precious metals, 25% off everything else with fiat currency. You got more questions, email me. Trustees training, email me. Admin at welcometothefoundation.com. You want a consultation, email me. Admin at welcometothefoundation.com. You want to start your business, email me. You want to set up your business credit, email me. You want to help with your credit, email me. Trustee training, same thing. And I could just keep going. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. I'll do this for y'all. And, um, you know, we can do it. And I believe in you. So, thank you for being here. Appreciate you. Y'all check out the next show next week. I want y'all to say 10 things you're thankful for before you go to sleep. And wake up knowing that you can tackle the day. And everything that comes with it. Because you've done everything else. Up until now, you've handled everything. So, enjoy yourself. Take care of yourself. Show some love. And I'll catch you next time here on the Foundation of High Frequency Radio. Peace to the gods. Doing this thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio.